I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Barney. And Mike couldn't be more excited. Out of He's not wrong. Out of and welcome to Out of Practice Podcast. Going over David E. Kelly's Emmy Award-winning series, The Practice, we are up to Season 2, Episode 18, entitled Ties That Bind, and it is about porn. Well, Keith, I'm very excited about it. I know it's about porn because in the 20 minutes it took us to get set up today, I had to watch the first 10 seconds uh, about six times. And so that proves to me that there's going to be lots of hanky-panky in this here episode. Boy, yeah, no, it's it's. I I had an idea literally as the uh, theme song was going on, and but I'm going to get to it later. So how you <laughs> riveting, riveting information? <laughs> this is what you go to oh, our man. podcast for riveting information. Like I'm going to talk about something later. Keith, I'm back home, happy to be home. Although that signifies that vacation is over. So uh, I guess I'm going to have to shave. Yeah, well, you know, back to work. Yep, back to life, back to reality, back to the practice. The practice came up for me this week because I was discussing a court case with someone, and I I wish I could remember the quote exactly that I used, but I used a quote from the practice to which this person said to me, do you know that the practice is just a television show? And I had to tell them that I was pretty sure that it was pretty well researched and that all of the legal ramifications displayed in the show must be 100% accurate. Don't you think that's true? Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's why all of our characters have been charged with murder and then move on just fine the next day. But what I think I actually said was that even if you have a slam dunk case, you only ever have a 60% chance of winning. I feel like that came up at some point. I don't remember that at all. I think you might have uh, dreamed that. Oh, well, in that case, it feels like it's a line that could have been, should have been, and maybe will be used. Yeah, you know, we have... I was looking at it the other day. We have uh, now gotten through, I think, 25 episodes, which takes us beyond the threshold that we ever got to with our other podcast, the Follow-Up Spot podcast. And it was like, wow, we've done so many episodes already. And until you realize the sobering uh, truth that we have another like 140, 150 episodes yet to go. <laughs> so if you assume that there's two hours of podcast in each episode, that would bring us to approximately 300 hours left to spend together. 
Yeah, I mean, pretty much the rest of our, you know, our life expectancy here in uh, Trump's America. Yeah, yikes. Uh, interesting you bring that up because I feel like I want to talk about some other presidential stuff a little bit later. Oh, how about that? Uh, uh, but once again, we've brought up information about things we will talk about in the future. Riveting. <laughs> oh, boy. You know what it makes me think of is uh, what a better podcast would do in this situation, mm. unlike us. And uh, if you remember previously, I gave Mike the assignment of coming up with a jingle for a better podcast. And what Mike knows is that he just sent me one, and it sounds great, and it sounds like this. We should know that fact. We should know that thing. But we don't know that. Cause you're not listening to a better podcast. Oh, it is lovely. Yeah, right? Fantastic. I know where this is going. I can see where this is going. <laughs> I didn't think you would turn it around in 24 hours. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm assuming that the half hour before right now, on a Sunday afternoon, you spent finishing that. Am I right? Oh, you're, you're giving me a lot of credit for a half hour, but yes. <laughs> it was about okay. about eight to nine minutes. Right. Okay. Eight to nine minutes before we went on air is what you were doing. Well, what I was doing in those same three, <laughs> two to three minutes. Now, I got a text from, from Deg's, uh, what was it, Friday? Uh, yeah. Uh, in which you sent me a dummy idea for this jingle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you said, oh, I wish I had a honky-tonk piano, and then I, we could lay this down. Yes! Which was clearly a, an assignment. Now, I uh, forgot about it entirely until the three minutes before we were going to air. But you know you know me. I, I do. plugged in the piano, and I got ready because I thought, oh, he's going to be so excited because he will finally have a, a jingle to play for this. And then, as I was finishing it, you send me... <laughs> The new one. However, I'm... So your punishment is... I did... Now, you sent me vocals, but not the piano part. Oh, but you I can't... The, you couldn't have used those vocals, though. Those were terrible. That was just a scratch. No, no, no. Uh, my plan was I did the piano, so now you have to do the vocals live. Oh. So uh, I'm not going to give you any warm, any warming, warm up, any uh, warning... <laughs> You just have to sing your theme song. Your 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 the one that you sent me. Uh-huh. Here we go. Ready? Well, I don't know what key it's in. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> okay, here we go. Is it honky tonk? Do I need to You missed it already. You missed it. Hold on. Hold <laughs> oh, on. It's right what do I it get? It goes right in. Okay. And go. All right, here we go. <laughs> you should know that fact. We should know that thing. But we don't know Jack, cause you're not listening to a better podcast. <laughs> that could have gone worse. I sure, oh, sure shooting could have. <laughs> oh, that made me, that made me pee myself a little bit. Okay. Oh, boy, you know, a better podcast would have organized that better and only had one jingle about being a better podcast. Although I have to tell you, because it'll be pretty shitty every time, I think maybe we have to go with that do it live every time. Oh, well, theme. here's what here's what's going to happen. 
I have both of them queued up here, but they're not <laughs> differentiated. Okay. So I don't know which one's which. So uh, so when the, when the appropriate time comes, I'm just going to hit one of them. And if it's your turn to sing, you just got to have to be ready to sing. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Keith, that brings me to another point of contention. Oh, oh, great! Another one. This is with the series as a whole, not per, not not you per se, unless it comes down to just you weren't prepared. But I believe mm. that in the past the the past two episodes of our show, yes. we've yet to come across a guest star or a, an extra or a day player who was in Star Trek. So we haven't heard our Star Trek bumper for quite a while. No, it it is really true and. We actually, uh, not last week, but the week previous, I didn't have any notable guest stars to post online because it was a continuation of the uh, Jimmy's Court case. So it was the same people every week. Oh, yes. So that was really the issue. But don't worry, we're on to a new case, new story, and we just might hear some Star Trek jingles. Well, uh, for the first time, with an actual segue, that brings me to a filing and subpoena, or no, excuse me, an objection Oh, okay. that, that I would like to uh, air before we move forward. Okay. Objection! Objection! There will be an appeal. So last week, with a ton of zeal and a ton of uh, confidence and sureness, assuredness, uh, headstrongness, I came up words and words and words and words and words, I announced that the upcoming Picard series uh, would be coming to Amazon Prime. Yeah, and I told you you were wrong, did I not? You did tell me I was wrong. However, I was I said I was pretty confident and we left it out there as if it were potentially true. We sure did. And let me tell you, I'm sure Amazon noticed the uh the out of practice podcast spike in their uh <laughs> subscriptions. Yeah, I, we've yet to see that bump fiscally, but I'm sure it's coming. I, I'm sure they're like, "What happened? Oh my god, we get mentioned on some sort of Hit, insanely popular hit podcast. podcast. Yes, uh, I'm sure uh, that it is it. That is what happened. Um, I will say though that I am completely wrong, and it will also be on CBS All Access, just like Discovery, which I believe you would, also said might be the case. Yeah, well, it wouldn't make a great deal of sense to have two Star Trek properties run by two separate people. Although, to be fair, uh, both. Uh, 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 Deep Space Nine and Next Gen were syndicated. And then when UPN came on, it took over Voyager and Enterprise. But it was still under Paramount. They just started a network between the time that they started those two series, the syndicated series, and then UPN. Though I did hear that the showrunner, whose name escapes me, uh, is has never showrun before. Oh, I know who it is. It's uh, the guy who wrote... Uh, um, Cassius and Clay, the, uh, not Cassius and Clay. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know, I could help you out here. Come on. I'm choosing, I'm, I'm choosing not to anyway, because I think it's Anyway, he's, 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 an, he's an author who has never show run before, so uh, there will be a little, uh, I guess, creatively, all the pieces are in place. Just can they can they pull it off? Yeah, well, I'm... It, 
Michael Chabon, in case you're wondering. Michael Chab- Chabon, uh, yeah, that's it. God damn it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited. Yeah. I I genuinely think it has a a chance to be really good. But if they fuck it up, I will burn down the house. Okay. Well, there you have it. All right, so what there are we doing? Is. What are we doing? Okay, so we are <laughs> talking <laughs> We're talking about what happened on February 2nd, 1998. Uh, in a little segment we call This Day in the Basement. Now, I know you have something queued up, as did I. But I propose, I have a, I have a proposition. Okay, hit me. It's actually a porn position. Ooh. As we have, as this episode is going to be about porn, and you seem to be unnaturally excited about it, it reminded me unnaturally. of how unnaturally excited I was about such things in 1998, mainly because of scarcity and how difficult it was to come across pornography. Mm-hmm. So my question is, where did you get yours? This day in the basement. Well, Keith. I have two stories for you. Please. First uh, is not what you asked me, so I just want to take a way back because I, I think it's pretty funny. Um, the I recall the first time I ever saw pornography. The first time. And then I'll okay. tell you about how I was getting it in 98. Okay, um, that, that's a fair bet. So the first time I ever saw porn, it's kind of I was I was too young for it, obviously, and I was there was a thing back in the day called uh, VHS tapes. This is how we have, we've discussed previously how we recorded our shows. Well, I can't remember Indeed. what it was I wanted to record. But I, I love how you just explained to s- listeners of <laughs> listeners of podcasts about the practice. What a v- like that there was such a thing as a VHS tape, as if somebody who was like, "Oh, I love that show," wouldn't know about VHS tape. Well, listeners of the Out of Practice podcast will know that I had a fancy dancy, uh, fancy schmancy VHS tape rewinder. Tape rewinder, right? Anyway, so I was looking for a tape to a blank tape or a unused tape to record a show I wanted to watch later. And sure. so I'm looking through the eight thousand VHS tapes we have to see if there's any that seem to be blank. And I come uh, a- yeah, I know where this is going. I come across one that ha- says XXX on it, to which... <laughs> Wait, it was labeled? It was labeled XXX. <laughs> Who labels porn on VHS? Well, once you hear what kind of porn it was, we're going to know quickly. So Uh-oh. I assumed that XXX meant blank, so I popped it into the old uh, VHS player, and as soon as I turned it on, I will label this episode explicit for sure there was a woman giving two very uh uh endowed enthused hand jobs to endowed uh men with with quite some vigor and my reaction instantly was twofold one was physical uh i threw up no way! Yes. Wait, how old? How old were you? I was well pre-puberty, so because this was like, not arousing in any way, I threw up instantly. Right. Oh my god. Um, and my second thought was, oh my god, my mother can never see this. She would be horrified. Uh, and so my instinct initially was to protect my mom, which is a weird, I guess, thing we could psychoanalyze. But so what I did was, I went to in my basement. I went to the back corner of the basement behind this like bar we had. And I okay. cut up, I got some scissors, and I cut up the corner of the rug, and I tucked the tape back there so that my mom would never see it. 
Interesting. When I reached uh, manhood, or should I say puberty, I recall going back to that corner trying to find that tape. Well, naturally. Because I figured, oh, hey, not only did I hide it, but now I know where to get me some sweet, sweet porno. It, the tape was not there. <laughs> well, of course not. Because uh, whoever, you know, whosoever it was, was it like your dad's or your brother's? I or? guess one of the two, yeah. Oh. Oh, boy. So, so anyway, flash forward to... Uh, when I was a little bit older and in you were <laughs> you unraveled the rug and I don't mean that as a euphemism. <laughs> I recall I bought a new um, Packard Bell computer and I was so psyched because it has a had a TV tuner card in it. Oh sure, yeah, so it's, did mine. I had and, a uh, uh, what was a Vio two. Okay, so what I would do, Keith, is I would uh, I got my little like TV program or whatever I was using and I would go to the naughty channels. And they would not come through. I, I wasn't quite savvy enough on the internet to pirate channels. So what I so but so are, you mean naughty websites, or do you mean you are like going into your cable? I'm going into cable. This is pre right. my introduction to the naughty websites. Oh, okay. Um, All right, right. So the two so so, that, so you you were watching like the blurry ghosts over black, and like I think it's a boob, or it could be an elbow. Yes, and what I would do right. is I would take screenshots, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of screenshots, and then I would sift through until I could either find like a, a shot that came through clear, because every once in a while it, they would come through clear. Oh. Or piece together enough of like a figment of what was happened sexually that I could like use it for the bank. <laughs> And I did once go onto a bulletin board. This that's what predated sort of America Online. Sure. And play this strip poker game with this like cartoon lady uh and try to see her naughty bits. Sure, sure. So yeah. those those were my uh my pre-internet uh porno channels. Uh that's how I access porno. What about you, Keith? Well, you know, it's I I sure hope the statute of limitations have passed. Uh <laughs> If our things, parents are listening. Things you should never have to say. <laughs> so, uh, and I, literally as I was talking to you about this, I just remembered that I have something to show you that you'll see on the video no one else can see. So, uh, my first exposure to porn was a 1982 issue of Playboy that one of my neighbor's fathers yeah okay and and of course like i don't what i don't under what i don't remember because it's been 30 some odd years is how i came into possession of this fabled 1982 episode of play episode (laughs) issue of playboy and i believe i might have traded it for candy and slim jims (laughs) (laughs) everything about that i love (laughs) but Hold, please. Oh, you still have it. I still have it. <laughs> She's hot to trot. Who is that? I have no. Oh, it's April 1981. Hmm. I I don't know any. Like I just. And the reason I still have it now is, uh, I had, you know, had my my collection of. See, back in the day, kids, you had to look at these things. In physical hard copies, in, say, magazine form. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't change. You couldn't swipe. It was what you had is what you had. Anyway, so I had whatever meager collection that I had up in the attic at my parents' house. And uh, this was years ago, but I was like, oh, shit, I should probably get rid of them all. <laughs> and I did. And I, ended up, and I was like, 
well, what do you do with like porn magazines from 1993? <laughs> right? Like, what do you do with that? Like you don't you, like you don't want to keep it. You don't want to have that like lying around your house. But also, like, do you recycle it? Where do you recycle? <laughs> you know? Well, they're kind of and vintage it, now. Now you could like make a table out of them. Make a table out of them. Well, <laughs> not these. Oh God. Well, anyway, so I found this a couple of years ago, and I'd missed it because I cleaned everything up, and but there it still was. So I it was kept stuck. It, it was lit- literally stuck to the underside of a mattress. Ew, no. <laughs> No, it's in pretty good condition. It's probably worth something, actually. You should YouTube anyway. that. You should definitely Google that. I should, de- yeah, I will definitely Google that. Anyway, so that was my first exposure, and of course, in 1998, we were all, uh, yeah, it was the same thing. I got my first uh, computer that I had all to myself, um, but I, but I was savvy then, so I was, I was on the interwebs, Oof. and so what I would do is I would, uh, we were still on dial-up, obviously, at that point. Yep. So I would set my alarm to like wake me up at one o'clock in the morning, and then I would leave it downloading until like four o'clock in the morning. It was like two in, megs. In, in that yeah, in that three hours, I got like a thirty-second video. Mm-hmm. But it was. Uh, but as it, it was like, really something. Yeah, that's a, it. Still was worth it. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, well, because it was, you know, the rules were entirely different back then. It was like there was a scarcity of it, which. You know, I, I think about it today. It certainly made it more special, mm-hmm, for sure, and made it and made it more exciting. And there, there was a certain innocence to it, because now you know it's just like Bleh! everything you can possibly think of is right there, and it's like the horrid whatever. But uh, but back then you had to really work for it. I know you click the wrong thing now, and you have to like you wonder if you should turn yourself in. Well, oh God, Jesus, yeah, no, I mean it's like it it technology giveth and it taketh away and i think in this context it does a little bit of both mm-hmm. but anyway uh, I, I, so- one last thing while we're i i'm glad that you took us on that detour because that was fun um uh man i threw right up on myself but i did what sure did I, I i you know what as opposed to wanting to hide your mother i want to know i'd, I'd want to psychoanalyze like what was that about yeah i wonder if it was like new parts of me that because it was right before puberty because it wasn't like a long period of time when I went back for the tape. So I wonder if like maybe just uh, certain parts of me were firing up that hadn't fired up before and that kind of threw me for a tizzy. Maybe my blood pressure went through the roof is what I imagine. It's, well, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's certainly shocking to go from, you know, zero to a thousand like that because, you know, for me, like the first thing I saw was like a tasteful boob. Right. And I almost like died, like literally like ghosted, came out of my body. Uh, so I was, I usually, I use a couple of different websites to kind of look at, just get a refresher of like what kind of things were happening across the world on these dates that these episodes aired for this segment. Okay. And here's all that is listed on the site that I use most of the time. It's called on this day. I guess I should shout it out on this day.com. And, uh, here are the historical events, all of the historical events listed for, uh, February. Right, wait, wait, wait. So have we have we transferred out of porn now? We, yes, we've exited porn. All right. Well, while you're, you know what? Uh, let me let me give you a little jam to uh, talk oh, yeah, over. Perfect. Janet Jackson's "Together Again" was the uh, number one hit. So continue, and we'll listen to Jackson while you're talking. So here, are all of the historical events that are listed for this day, February second, nineteen ninety-eight. 
Philippine DC-9 crashes, apparently killing all 104 on board. Eek. Daniel Baldwin host hospitalized in New York City for a cocaine overdose. Oh. <laughs> and that's it, Keith. Those are the only two historical events of note listed for February 2nd, 1998. Oh, yikes. That's a little grim. That is grim. But then I remembered... And by remembered, I saw it online, which reminded me. This was when the Monica Lewinsky scandal broke. Right here, right now. Oh, no kidding. So speaking of porno, this is where I first became a little bit interested in politics. Because we were talking cigars being used for sexy time. We were talking fellatio in the Oval Office. The Oval Office. Right. Things were getting salacious in the White House. Credibility yeah. in our elected leaders was hitting the mainstream media. Yeah, eek. How quaint. And yet, boy, that we could do a whole nother podcast on our understanding of that fiasco. Mm-hmm. And having uh, gone a full journey there, but we'll probably get to topics similar to it at some point on the practice. So, uh, continuing with trivia of the day, there was things happening in Vermont. And the Burlington Free Press talked about parties' position for elections while debating Act 60. Now, if you're a regular listener, hi, Tom, uh, you'd know that Act 60 was the bill in Vermont that equalized the amount of education funding you got between districts in the state. But it was super controversial in 1998, so uh, that was going to happen with politics. Meanwhile, if uh, you were too depressed by the day's news, you wanted to go see a movie, you could go see Titanic, which was in its fourth week of dominance, taking in another $25 million. And uh, obviously, as I mentioned before, you'd be uh, listening on the radio to Together Again by Janet Jackson. Not necessarily by. This, this always drives me nuts. As a composer, every time they say, like, that song by that artist... When the artist didn't write it, they just sang it. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Sorry about that, buddy. Janet Jackson yeah. still gets the praise. She sure does. So I don't know if she wrote this, but she sang it. And it was apparently a number one hit, although I do not really remember it. Really? You don't remember this tune? Not really. I mean, I remember the hook a little bit, but I don't think I ever heard the whole song. That doesn't surprise me, Keith, because just looking at you, you don't look like a Janet Jackson super fan. Well, no, I, I was listening to, in 1998, I was probably listening to the uh, soundtrack, the Broadway cast album of The Secret Garden, because I was about to audition for it. Uh, probably the cast album of Grease, because I was doing it in high school. Pretty much, I was protecting my virginity through uh, my uh, soundtrack. That's fair. Yeah, well, you know, somebody's got to. All right, so, shall we finally talk about the episode? We should. We have been gibbering about for forever now i know we're giddy like it's a weekend for once usually we do this at like two at like uh, 11 a.m on a monday so i think we're just happy to be having a day off <laughs> so true all right well thanks janet it's great to hear from you so let's talk about the episode which was season two episode 18 ties that bind it was written by series creator david e kelly and larry molin who also wrote on Chips, The New Gidget, 90210, and you'll like this. He wrote on WWE Velocity. Oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. The dude full-on wrote for professional wrestling television. And now, 
He works on a, uh, a Spanish language soap. Okay. He has had a. I I I swear. Well, it's interesting so because had, if I'm not mistaken, WWE Velocity is actually the Spanish recap of all the events of the week. Oh, is it really? Yes. Interesting. All don't, right. I don't even know that it still is a thing, but I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, certainly a varied career. So it was directed by Mel Damsky, who has directed Psych, Scorpion, Charmed, did a lot of Ally McBeal, Early Edition, Love Boat, The Next Wave. And I'm curious if you remember this movie, because actually similar to our discussion before, it was a hot topic amongst the uh, 11-year-olds in my circle. A movie called Yellowbeard. No recollection. It was a... Uh, it was sort of a comedy movie with most of the Monty Python crowd in it. Huh. Um, and uh, it, it was it was not necessarily well-received or well-remembered, but for whatever reason, one of my friends had it on VHS, and we thought it was the naughtiest thing we could possibly come up with. Because, A, it had, had like a couple of comedic boobs in it. Okay. So, oh my God. But Ain't also no boob had like, like a funny boob. No, right? And there was... Sort of lots of uh, naughty humor, and we thought like it was like it was like porn. It was not. It was like a <laughs> early '80s comedy starring Monty Python crowd. <laughs> but for us, it was very exciting. So Yellowbeard, when I saw that on his resume, I was like, "You have me interested, sir." So, ha! <laughs> you really thought I was going to say something there. <laughs> No, you're going to leave me out in the cold. Well, ladies and gentlemen, right now, Keith and I are going to pay a bill. But before we do that, and it's a brand new ad that we recorded in the future after we recorded this episode. And now, oh, oh our, my goodness, what a good ad. I know. And uh, following that, we will beam back in and listen to episode 17 of season two. 18. 18. You said it so smooth. You're like, oh, I'm going to radio it. Oh, episode 17. No, you were wrong. Actually, but you know that does, uh, it does warrant a reminder to our audience that you're not listening to dot, dot, dot. Play the bumper, Keith. The bumper game that we set up in the beginning. Comedic bumper. Oh, 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 right. Here we go. Uh... No, don't know that thing. We don't know that thing. But we probably should. But you're not listening to a bad podcast. <laughs> I feel like it went better the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, great. Did we play the ad yet? Here it is. And here we go. Okay, ties that bind. <sighs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh boy indeed Beat me, Sheriff. I'm gonna give you what you want that's for sure they are watching in the courtroom what looks like an adult Cowboy film where a man is tied to a bed and a woman is whipping him getting away this time okay let's stop here a sec yeah, yes let's... please let's now Mr. Goodman can you identify the woman on the screen yes that's Sarah the defendant yes Good. Now, the scene we're watching, so far, it's entirely according to script. Yes. Now, you were the director. All right, let's do it. Guy who gets... I can't, I can't. I don't want to say any porn jokes. I'm so afraid, Keith. 
You should. You just confessed to, to all sorts of malfeasance, prepubescent malfeasance. Yeah, you're right. That porn director is Barry Primus, who uh, will also play a professor on Boston Legal uh, in this universe. He was on Sequest. He was on the X-Files. He was in a movie called Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. Sheesh. Which I definitely, I mean, with a title like that, you know I was going to do a deep dive on it. It was written by J.F. Lawton, who later that same year would write Pretty Women. Pretty Woman. Interesting. And under siege and is a credited co-writer of the Broadway musical Pretty Woman. Wow. Uh, unfortunately closing soon, but... Uh, yes. As but, is everything. Yeah, right. But meanwhile, back to cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death. I will give you $50, imaginary dollars, if you can guess which uh, comedian with a weekly late-night television show starred in this movie. Conan O'Brien. No. Think more political. Jon Stewart? Nope. Still currently uh, on the air. Uh, Dennis Miller? No, but I'm going to move on with the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was Bill Maher. Oh, interesting. Was the lead in this movie opposite Shannon Tweed. Wow. Yikes. Anyway, I watched the trailer. It's every bit as terrible as it sounds. And here's the kicker. PG-13. So there aren't even any boobs in it. Um, Keith, I think you've dropped the, the lead here with Barry Primus. Yes. If anybody is uh, near a computer, and you probably are, Go ahead on IMDb and look up Barry Primus because his headshot is everything. <laughs> I, is it Primus or Primus? You think? Uh, well, the band was Primus, and we've, right. we've uh, friends of the show Primus. So I suppose we're going to go with Primus, Barry Primus, P R I M U S. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a it's pretty good. His headshot is a clipping of him in a character from clearly an old newspaper. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Uh, and while we're stopped here, I guess we should talk about the assistant attorney, or is he a, yeah, the assistant district attorney who is questioning him. Yes. I know that lawyer from somewhere. That is Richard Mazur. Mm-hmm. Mazur? Mazur? I, I should, I really, hold on. <laughs> We should know that fact We should know that thing But we don't know Jack We don't Cause you're not listening You're, you're not. not To a better podcast It's so melancholy I know, I figured I needed to do like a, a slow jam one It's like, it, it really, it gives you time to really think about your life decisions <laughs> Yeah, like and listening to this goddamn thing but here, uh, this is where, well, this is not scripted. Well, did, she's did, did shoving you her try and stop them? Mouth. Did you yell cut? Well, no, because well, sometimes bandana, the actors take it yes. further, and sometimes it works for the movie creatively. And besides, they were, were on a network and TV team, and they often choreograph yeah, their... They don't wear underwear. Oh, what did I do? Well, no, because know. sometimes the actors take it further, and sometimes oh, it works for the movie creatively. 
And besides, they were husband and wife. I won't play the bumper again because now it makes me sad. On their own. <laughs> when did you realize that things were out of control? No, it was right about here. Okay, let's just, uh, we'll just listen. See? She's wait killing the man hey, in Peter. bondage. Wait a minute, Sarah. Yeah, she's on quite the uh, device there. She's choking Call him. Call paramedic. Looks like he's passed out. He's dead. He's dead. Are you calling a paramedic? I mean, hear it from somebody. Rick, call a paramedic, will you? Nobody seems dead concerned. He's dead. Well, they also determined him dead pretty quickly there. Yeah, true. Okay, okay so, so it's going to be an interesting episode. we got sexy time. We've got bondage, killing someone. Very exciting. That's right. And a very expensive-looking bondage film. I mean, that was professionally lit and everything. Ah, the 90s. Seems like the saturation has held up, too, Keith. Yeah, no, I think they... Uh, I think they've stuck with it. it. I think it's better. I mean, I like the gloomier lighting, but I'm glad to have the saturation up to so you can at least tell it's color television. I like that they're giving me everybody's names up front during the opening credits so that I have a fighting chance as we proceed. <laughs> well, we could still go manslaughter. I thought you said we didn't want that. Well, we didn't want it charged because we were afraid the jury would opt for it. By going straight murder one, murder two, it puts a lot of pressure Thanks on Thanks for them. coming to work, Eleanor. We did that in a trial last year. Yeah, looking real cash sitting though. on that desk there. But it was an accident. I understand that, but obviously the director's going to be coming out with more because they didn't have to put him on the stand just to get the film into evidence. We figure he'll say, in his opinion, you killed your husband intentionally. He's wrong. Yeah, Sarah, see, the problem here is... Oh, yeah, in case you missed it, the they're film. married. You know, the jury just, they were disgusted before the, you know, the dog collar even came out. They are not my audience, right? Okay, but they're the only on. audience that counts right now, and there's a chance that they could be. Porn star! Adult film actress. That's true. That is fair. Uh, yeah, so that is L'Oreal New, credited as Laurie New on this. More like Laurie Nude, am I right? <laughs> Screw you. Uh, you might know her from the Extendables, not the Expendables, Orgy of the Damned, Naked Killer, Grindhouse, Marta's Sex Tape, Dirty Glitter One. <laughs> Actually, the title is Dirty Glitter One, not that there's a sequel. <laughs> and Live Virgin. Well, better than Dead Virgin, if you ask me. Uh, indeed. Say, so I'm psyched to see is. Eleanor just, doing you know, some lawyering jail. The character in that film is not me. Yes, I understand, but that is a tough argument to sell. Is it? Because you've sold some you bullshit the past few really weeks. doing it. Also, does we somebody need to explain film. to Eleanor what porn is? It's not real people. They're see, they're doing a. I think I understand. Well, if, it's, for the it's not the practice not if someone doesn't have some moral objection to one of the clients. And be completely confused about what basic things are. So you think I should accept a deal? I think we should see what happens in the next couple of days. Maybe I can cross the director, who knows. But, uh, yeah, you need to start thinking about a deal. I got a deal for you. I love a man who can cook. It's my pleasure. I got a lot of her videos. <laughs> Jimmy! <laughs> the early ones. Of Before course, she went Jimmy has a lot of her videos. She's good. 
makes me so. Okay, why is he eating an enormous Did piece of meat in this pork? Who knows? I was reading they were having problems. I'm just gonna leave that there. Bring it where? The porno <laughs> trench. Mean, not proverbial. I mean, she, literal. She uh, really didn't want to be a porn star. She was kind of an innocent. I could pull it all up. It comes with good pictures. Okay, can we all talk for a second here? Please. This scene don't that we just heard from Jimmy and Bobby. Not they're us. sitting around in the office watching a different one of her movies. For what reason? Are they even on this case? What do the other movies have to do with any of this? They literally just, these two guys got together and popped in one of her other tapes. Or it's due diligence, Keith. How? But how was a previous film that she did? It didn't even look like her. I think it's a different woman. <laughs> What now? How's the view from up there, Keith? Since Lindsay How's the cut view? back on the drug dealers, we're bringing I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I would just call it out for what it is. is. And the murder one clients keep lining up. We're the hottest firm going. If you- uh, ladies and gentlemen, to our listening audience, we haven't even got through the pre-scroll, the pre-show title scroll. Killed somebody. Now the problem is the homicide customers aren't paying. Also known as the credits. <laughs> yeah, good job. Okay. Bobby, you keep saying okay, and our plate keeps getting more filled with murder cases. Now we're going backwards. Rebecca, I would love for somebody to walk through like that door and plunk down a million dollar container on my desk, but until they the do, fine, episode, fine. They All I'm saying case. is somebody walks through that door saying they killed somebody. Get the money up front. Enough's enough. Yeah, Rebecca D. What was supposed to happen in scene 29, Mr. Goodman? Well, uh. Wait, this <clears throat> porn movie has I 29 said, this scenes? Yeah, man. How'd you fit, uh, the fit that around is, a VHS? Uh, bound, uh, and uh, worked on by the woman playing the dominatrix. She was to the what? To tie him up and then bring him to an orgasm by tightening a scarf around his neck while while she uh, yes. Was, and uh, had the defendant performed a scene like this before? Many times. By many, you mean at least thirty, maybe more. So the defendant was familiar with the act and knew how to accomplish it safely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And they had a safety uh, signal if it got too uncomfortable. Also known as a safety word. Safety signal for her to stop choking him. Yes. And what was the signal? Uh, it was a visual. He would purse his lips up into a kiss. Keith, I don't Okay, <laughs> stop. Okay, I have. Let's talk about safety signals, not words. So the safety signal in this situation while filming a porn is to make like you're going to kiss her? Like a kissy face. And that's the safety signal? Well, to be fair, there's not a lot of kissing in the pornos I've seen. Yeah, but like how about doing something that wouldn't be part of a sex act mm. <laughs> as to save your life in a dangerous situation? Yeah, how about cut, I'm choking to death. Cut, Yeah, I'm choking to death. It's like your safe word is, I'm enjoying the sexual encounter. Uh, let's talk about his tie, or what's the actual term? That's a bolo. That is a bolo, bolo tie, I believe. Bolo. Now, what do you call a bunch of bolo ties uh, doing Swan Lake? Bolo Lake? <laughs> no, I was going to say bolo, because I just made that weird ballet, ballet, bolo. Oh, okay. All right. It's better than mine. I'll give, I'll give it to you. Oh, I think we both lose. And no did uh, Mr. Catlin give this safety signal during the scene in question? Well, no, he couldn't. I mean, she tied a kerchief over his mouth. Was the defendant's covering of his mouth part of the script? 
that doesn't make any sense. I know. No, no, it wasn't. Nor does his wig. Mr. Goodman, shooting the scene, you cut the first take, didn't you? I did. You didn't think it was erotic enough? I knew he could do it better. You wanted to heat things up a little, push it? Well, I didn't want her to kill him. I moved to strike that? Sustained. Are you aware that the courts have successfully prosecuted this type of thing because it's a high-risk sexual activity that, if imitated, could result in death? Did you know that? I've heard that, but none of my films have been prosecuted. But this was high-risk, am I right? Yes. So, if done incorrectly, it could accidentally lead I to asphyxiation. You did know that. We've done this many times. Right. Many times. This stunt is called what? It's called seesaw. And the choking <laughs> is necessary for a proper take, is that correct? Yes. So by choking him, Sarah was just doing her job. But she didn't stop. Mr. Goodman, who yells cut during the filming of a scene? The director, me. And you didn't yell cut, did you? You've already established that, Your Honor. Yes, I know that, but I want to make this very clear because it's an important point to the defense. You didn't yell cut, did you, sir? I did not yell cut. Thank you. Good job, Eleanor. Hey, it's nice to see you litigate. Right? She only takes porno cases. Right. Excuse me, are Lindsay you Miss Stone? Yes, I'm Eleanor Frett, Sarah Catlin's attorney. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah, I understand, and I'm very sorry for the loss of your brother. Yes, try to cope. I just think that you should consult an attorney before tomorrow's testimony. I beg your pardon? Miss Stone, I don't mean to sound cold, but if you're going to go in there and accuse Sarah Catlin of killing your brother, you could expose yourself to some serious liability. Qualified immunity aside. Ah, you're worried about my legal exposure. How thoughtful. I'm worried about your accent, Why don't you honey? just talk to your own attorney? You don't have to take my word for it. All right, oh, hold on. We have a couple things I'd to do. Love to One. Lady with the accent. Lady who clearly did some research by watching My Cousin Vinny. <laughs> that is Shireen Mitchell, who you would know from the X-Files, ER, NYPD Blue, Hudson Street, and Out for Justice, the Steven Seagal film. Yeah. But I want to know, what is happening in this scene? Is Eleanor, like, trying to <laughs> intimidate the witness? And is the witness the brother's sister? It's the... Br- the victim's it, sister? It, it, is the, it would be the brother's sister. That's usually how it works. <laughs> you son uh, of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, it is the victim's sister. But where does Eleanor get off threatening, to, <laughs> threatening her in the courtroom before she testifies? Isn't that... Witness intimidation? First of all, we're not allowed to say how does so-and-so get off on the porno episode. Second of all, if the Fair. if the male attorneys can drive the victim to witnesses' homes and accost them there, I suppose at least Eleanor's doing it in the courtroom. Yikes. Day, but just spending time with you like this, I feel the need to shower. Yeah. Rebecca? Oh, it's Anna Gunn. Oh, God. Skylar's back. This is where you work? What's wrong with it? Uh, don't you guys make any money? Wow. Wow. Well, watch yourself, but since we Skylar. don't pay our taxes, we don't want to make the Fan. IRS suspicious with fancy office space. You know how us criminal lawyer types are. Oh, yeah, I do. Which is why I'm here. The criminal That's lawyer nice type Luis Moreno has a suppression oh, I like hearing it. scheduled. I like it, Bob. He's trying to kick your lineup ID. And he could very well win. What? Well, in your statement at the scene, you said he was wearing a coat with some sort of hood. Yeah, he, he was. Yeah. So this is back to the well, story the lineup, of Rebecca witnessing a he murder. He was wearing a hooded at jacket. At gas station, right? Which right. could possibly make your ID tainted. What genius put a hood on it? The hood wasn't even up in the ID, but they could possibly wait, wait, say... Wait, what, what happens if they suppress my ID? He walks. 
You're the whole case. Now, look, I'd like you at the hearing. You're not going to be testifying her, or anything, oh, but I want the judge seeing your face. Anything right, to right. keep this human. I don't want this whole thing turning on the Constitution. Yeah, fuck the Constitution. I'm feeling a little chill in here. Why don't you move a little closer? <laughs> Where did you get this? <laughs> Jimmy now Bobby me. and Helen are watching the soft porn. Bobby, a little too casually, if you ask me. This because I'm a lawyer, but... Why isn't this prostitution? It's sexual conduct for money. Well, legally, it's not prostitution because neither so party's So as we've direct. learned over the past few episodes, Bobby is really against prostitution. Apparently. But he's also confused about pornography and what it is. Mm-hmm. We're once again, like, doing a little uh, exposition for the audience explaining what pornography is because it's 1998. They did set Bobby up as a prude, though, although they haven't shown his actions to be so. Yeah, they keep saying Pleasure the word. Meanwhile, he's banged everyone in Boston. That's the distinction? Well, I didn't write the law. But that look like they're deriving pleasure to me. It's the same scene, That's and it's clearly a different woman. Just good actors. Oh, right, I forgot. I mean, Helen is super turned on by this. Well, got a full day tomorrow. Otherwise, I'd love to see how it ends. Yeah, my arson case resumes tomorrow. I'm sure they'll be calling the defendant. Well, I'm sure you'll cross them if they do. Yeah. What's your day like? Where's this going, Keith? We all know where it's going. Meanwhile, the little detail of him putting the VHS tape back into the case. Remember back then, the porn cases were like double the size? They weren't regular VHS. What is happening here? Yeah, meanwhile, oh god, Bobby and Helen are going at it again in such a ferocious way. It makes me uncomfortable to talk about it while we're on a podcast. <laughs> quick, uh, quick cut to Lindsay and Eleanor eating Chinese food. Any ideas? In the office. I was for you for remembering their names. We're lousy on motive. Fan. She hated him to inherit his money. She killed him on 16 millimeter. But it was high risk stuff. Can we chip it to... In At least somebody's answer? working. No, nope. Bobby says volunteer is as good as we're going to get, no. and that offer expires tomorrow. And if we go he about expressing him, since he's getting it's himself too late. And even if it is, I oh, have right. to declare now he's getting himself off. she had intent, which is different than accident. So we could go manslaughter. Voluntary. Battered spouse, or stay with accident. No, I see we chuck battered spouse. How's that going to look when she's in the bondage? We either accept manslaughter, or we go for it. What do you think? Flip. Oh, this is how the legal system should work. Heads of manslaughter, tails. It's only somebody's life, but she's only a porn star, so she's oh, not a person. Slow motion. One- There's another one of those weird cuts. Tails. It's an accident. We go for it. They showed the coin flip. This in slow is why motion. we get paid to make weird. these decisions. I mean, it's hard to pick up on camera if it's not. Yeah, but, but why still. is it that important? The You're coin flying through the air. My elbow again. Gross. You're always sucking my elbow. Ew. That is the grossest thing they've said. Oh, Michael Chiklis. Is that what they say? Sorry, I'm watching... Uh, <laughs> I'm watching the FX version. So there's an advertisement for the Season Shield. Season 2 of the Shield premiere is next. Oh, I've never read In fact, the only time I've ever heard it was from Lindsay. She likes to get her elbow sucked. That's a breach of friendship if I've ever heard one. It was something with her. Gross. 
that was gross on so many levels. <laughs> it's, it's amazing to be grossed out by a scene of like two of the most attractive people you've ever seen like naked in bed and be grossed out. Well, it's threefold. Level one, purely tactile. Sucking elbows is gross. Yeah, fair enough. Two, your current girlfriend bringing up the fact that she heard from your other girlfriend that you like to suck elbows. Three. Well, no, 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 no. She's saying that that Lindsay likes it. She doesn't know that Lindsay and Bobby ever dated. So she's saying like, oh, my best friend likes that. Isn't that weird? Mm. I don't have a number three. I'm glad you interrupted there. <laughs> She's putting it together, though. That face was her putting it together. This relationship sure with was. the defendant. I suppose it was like any marriage. They loved each other in the beginning, wanted to kill each other in the end. Difference being, she went through with it. Objection. Sustained. The Bam. jury will certainly disregard that. What indications oh, did you have? Introduce our judge. His name is H. Richard Green, who you would know from Mad Men, The Last Ship, Armageddon, The West Wing. He's going to show up on uh, Boston Legal as the same judge and Ally McBeal. And he was also on The Wonder Years. Good actor. I love The Wonder Years. I know. That's why I always put it in. That the relationship had deteriorated. Well... A lot of open hostility the last year or two. By open hostility, you mean? Fighting, yelling. They were both verbally abusive to each other. Sometimes they were physically at each other. You saw this? Yes. What complicated things. Their careers were sort of joined. Even if they divorced, they couldn't really leave one another. Mrs. Stone, did you ever hear the defendant... Make really any true? direct threats against your brother? Yes. Objection. This is back in the golden days of porno when you and, only uh, did porno you with your husband or wife. When they took <laughs> right. place? The last one came about three days before his death. And what was that threat? She said she would kill him. And where did that threat take place? At their house. It was a family oh, dinner sort of thing. They got into one of their customary arguments. Objection. Overruled. Ooh, that Suddenly was one of the best overrules I ever heard. And she said it. Right? I believe she it. She said she'd kill him. Did she say anything else? Yes. She said she could do it during one of their sex scenes and make it look like an accident. Oh, okay. That was very specific of a threat. That was indeed. Next time I plot murder, I'm going to make sure to make a threat detailing exactly how I'll do it first. Specifically, yeah. It's unfair surprise. It's willful, deliberate, and this case should be dismissed right Lindsay, now. You knew this witness was coming. There's that nothing she'd be in your cast 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 to be kidding. Here, let me get a question in. What did you give them on this witness? That she would testify as the hostile relationship. She just testified as to direct threats. Counsel. He withheld that. Do I have to give them a transcript? Oh, right. Come on, that's right. You know that. Hey. I have to say, Mr. Means, I don't like it. Your Honor, I hope you don't think that. Don't make it worse by insulting me. You withheld that little nugget. I was going to make a little nugget joke, Keith, but I didn't do right, it. I'll give you extra time to oh, prepare your you. cross, but I'm not dismissing. 
That is so prejudicial. I am not dismissing. At minimum, you should strike the testimony. They heard the testimony, counsel. If I strike it, you can't really cross her on it. That would be worse. Her testimony stands. One more stunt like that, and I set the defendant free. Yes, Your Honor. Okay. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, that's me. I just left the kid. You sit on a threat like that? You material the evidence? the witness's testimony. Come on, Ed. That's not you. It seems like she knew something, right? Because they went, they took pains to show that scene of her like prepping her. Well, right, yeah. She tried to intimidate the witness, so she had to imagine she was going to say something. Now, clearly, they're establishing that these two go way back. They, everybody goes way back on the show. Tried cases against each other before. You've never pulled anything close to unfair surprise. What's going on? Hell, you try your case. I'll try mine. She couldn't even describe the race of the shooter. She didn't describe any facial features, but she remembered a big hood. Then they put my client in a lineup wearing a hood. We did not wardrobe the guy. He wore his own coat. There was no... That makes no legal difference. It makes no factual difference. To the extent that you're saying we orchestrated the lineup, which is impossible since we had no idea what the guy was... Hold on. Okay, let's do two things. Back to back. I know that lawyer from somewhere. That lawyer who I don't know from somebody somewhere, but I should. His name is Lawrence Monison. He was in Friday the 13th, the final chapter. The band who played on Mask, Starship Troopers. And thank the Lord, he was on Deep Space Nine, where he played the character Hovath. And on Enterprise, he played in the episode Fortunate Son. We're back, baby. Now, we're back, baby. But before I play the theme song... Discount double check. Discount double check. This judge is named Ben Slack, who you would know from Lois and Clark, and he was Katal on the Next Generation episode Redemption. He played a Klingon, so for all three appearances in Star Trek, here we are. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. The line must be drawn here. This far, no no farther. I played the whole bumper because it was three different credits. Oh, that's that's, that's me. That's me. That's you. Did she describe the hood in her earlier statement? No, and he wasn't the only one wearing a hood in the lineup. There was so one I don't other see how- who the witness may not have even seen. You see, my client was number two. She made the ID when he stepped forward before even looking at the other two. Which goes to the reliability oh, of it. Come on, Gene. All right, look. The ID stands. I'm not suppressing it. And do me a favor, Miss Ward. Send a message to the jackass who let him walk the lineup with a hood. Yes, Your Honor. And I think it would be a good idea if the two of you got together. No offense, Miss Washington, but the case for the Commonwealth looks like a big dog with a little bark. We're done. Wow. How do you not tell us? I didn't remember. You threatened to kill somebody and you don't remember? We screamed anything and everything at each other that night. You threatened to do it in a scene? I don't know. Maybe I did, but but that doesn't mean I'd actually do it. Well, given that you did do it, you can see how that might look. All right, let's stop yelling at everybody. We screamed at each other a lot. We even hit each other. If I said what his sister said, I said could be but but it was never while i was in a calm state it was never like it was something i was actually considering i didn't kill him on purpose things i hope i never have to say (laughs) right what now i don't know 
I'll cross the sister. You gotta nail her, Eleanor. I know. Tick-tock. Okay, stop. This is a strange buddy cop Why did we have a... Why did we have a Tic Tac commercial in the middle of that scene? I guess they were experimenting with some product placement. I think they were. I mean, they, you know, stepping outside of the world of the show, this these first two seasons, they were struggling with ratings. And I am I imagine that they might have been happy to take some Tic Tac money for that scene. Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, they take pains. Most shows take pains to, you know, if you ever watch like a a sitcom and they're drinking a coke almost always you know there's like a piece of paper around it or they change the name or they never product placement unless they got that money because well not only did she eat it she said would you like a tic tac and then eleanor takes one like said it by name so clearly mr tic tac sent them some cash for that scene but it's a little awkward a- actually keith non sequitur but tangentially related uh-huh. In in a situation where like in these this last season of Game of Thrones where like a Starbucks cup, a Starbucks cup, inadvertently gets put into a scene, right? And then they when they then release that show on their streaming sites and whatnot, do they have to go back in and re-edit that so as not to have that product placement there? That's a really good question. Um, they do not have to. Um, in Game of Thrones, they actually did. Although, frankly, Starbucks was thrilled. I read somewhere, I don't know if the number's exactly right, but they earned, like, an extra billion dollars in advertising like equivalency right. because of that being there. But there's a lot of shows you go back and you can see errors that it's too expensive to go back and fix digitally. In fact, speaking of Star Trek, there's an episode of Next Gen where in the back of a scene you can see Patrick Stewart's script sitting on his chair. Huh, that's funny. Well, that should that brings me to another point that's worth bringing up. Uh, this episode of the Out of Practice, oh god, <laughs> this episode of the Out of Practice podcast is brought to you by hashtag Starbucks and hashtag Tic Tacs. I'll cross the sister. You gotta nail her, Eleanor. I know. Yeah, Tic Tac, please. We'll be happy to do some product placement. I do like the white I'm ones, but I like the, the white and orange together. Heard my client threaten your brother. No. Oh, I like the there white were other threats before? and the orange, yes. but I don't like, to I, I don't, I'm yes, a segregationist a when it comes to How many to times did you hear deadly threats like these? I'm not sure. More than five? Probably not, but I heard some scream fests where they both threatened each other where she threatened to kill him. And did you ever report these threats to the police? In hindsight, I'm not I- asking for hindsight, Miss Stone. Did you ever report these threats to the police? Again, the answer is yes or no. No, I didn't. And you loved your brother, am I right? The fact that I didn't report the threats doesn't mean I didn't take them seriously. No, that's a lie, isn't it? Objection sustained. You regarded these threats seriously? Yes, I did. She vows to kill your brother, somebody who you love, and you don't bother to notify the police. Now, which part of that is a lie? The part Objection. about you, the right. the part about you loving your brother. You never liked Sarah Catlin, did you, Miss Stone? I certainly didn't approve of her. Is it your testimony to this jury that you don't despise my client? We aren't friendly. You blamed my client for a Clearly. lot of your brother's emotional problems, didn't you? My brother went through a lot of stuff. I suppose you Ms. could Stone, say that. I am not asking well, for you to give us an analysis. There, Keith, Did you you'll notice some file boxes behind her? What are the chances they say? Yes or no? Yes. And have you spoken to your brother's probate attorney since his death? Objection. Have you spoken to your brother's probate attorney since his death? Objection. Offer to impeach. This woman has motive to accuse my Objection. Move to strike, Your Honor. Overruled. All right, the relationship between Eleanor and this guy... Starting to piss me off a little bit, <laughs> but I but I will say I'm curious. I do want to know what's going on. 
All right. Well, in I your mean, brother's just will, adversarial if lawyers, he should die suddenly, who would inherit his money? His wife, her. And if you know, should his wife be held responsible for his death, who would inherit it then? It would go to his next of kin. Does he have any parents? No. Any brothers or sisters? One. You? Yes. So, if this woman is convicted of killing your brother, all the money would go to you? I believe so. You believe so. And how much money are we talking about? A few hundred thousand dollars. Thank you. Hey, makes That'll pretty good money as a uh, porn star. Oh, um, I actually have one more question. Oh, Steve Jobs in it. Oh, she Columboed him. Has anybody else ever Her. threatened your brother's life before? Yes, once. A man he partnered with in some real estate deals. He threatened your brother's life? Yes, over some dispute. And you heard the threat? Yes. That gets his and life threatened pretty frequently. I reported it to the police. Thank you. Ooh, zing. She jimmied the shit out of her. She sure, well, she Columbo. She, did, she walked away like, oh, one more thing. It's great. So you've got a chance. I don't know. That was the fakest fake snow I've ever seen. You think we should have jumped at manslaughter, don't you? Mm, it's hard to... Now, Keith, we have two well-respected, storied litigators here. Yes. We have the district attorney, Helen Gamble. Right. We have attorney at law, Lindsay Dole. Who took down the tobacco company. And they are at a bar having a drink, and... Yeah. They're discussing cases and law. Now, I'm wondering... Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. This is a perfect moment, because we forgot something. And this is the perfect moment to put it back in. Get your guitar. You can tell us, what does Mike think's gonna happen in this scene where these two successful litigators talk to each other? What does, so, Mike, what does Mike think's gonna happen? <laughs> I bet they're gonna talk about sucking elbows. <laughs> they're gonna talk about boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, here we go. Now, Keith, some would say. Hold on. Some would say. I'm caught. <laughs> what are you doing? You're wrestling your guitar. Some would say that the fact that you and I can tell the future and point out such misogyny in advance is progress. Yeah, fair, fair. Progress would be if we were to uh, watch a show from 2019 and didn't have the same problem. Hmm, fair. Say, really? Have you ever slept with Bobby? There it is. Hey! Well, the guy keeps sucking my elbow like oh, it's supposed I to make me hot. You're the only woman I know who ever liked <laughs> her elbow sucked, so I... <laughs> what? Something tells me... Lindsay has absolutely no poker face when it comes to this. No. I might have told him that I liked it, but I wasn't speaking for womankind. He suckles it like it should give milk. Ooh. Call back to... Oh, I, I think I might instantly barf. No, I just think it's bizarre because Dylan McDermott goes on to star in a season of American Horror Story where his whole arc is that he suckles his mother's teat. Oh, yeah, fair enough, yeah. Weird. Conspiracy it is. That's oddly theory. Oh, wait, no, hold on, hold on. We have, a, we have a bumper for it. Let me just find it. It might take 45 minutes and not be worth it. 
conspiracy theory. What if Ryan okay. Murphy was a big fan of the practice and used this little tidbit for a, to cast Dylan McDermott in a weird, tangentially related, specific detail like suckling? Fair enough. Please never say that word again. But yes, good point. Suck suckling. <laughs> Lindsay, be straight with me. Did you and he ever... You gotta Suckle. tell her. You gotta tell her. No reason not to. Oh my god. It happened before you, Helen. Way before. It, it, it was just a, a brief thing. Why didn't you tell me? Because I knew you were on the chase, which I supported, and I know you and your sense of loyalty. If you even thought that I shared a glass of punch with him, you never would have gone near. How long ago? You had to know that follow-ups were coming. You had to know you're a lawyer here, Lindsay. Well, of course, but what I want to know is, why is Helen so horrified? She invites Lindsay to have a threesome with him like four times an episode. Long, long. July. It just happened, Helen. There was no need for you to ever know, but you asked me so straight out. I don't want to lie. Should I have? No. Okay, so this is this brings an interesting question. Dex, I'm asking you... As a buddy of mine, what would you want in this situation? So let's say you were dating somebody and one of your friends had previously been with them casually. Would you want to know that? Well, Keith, it's interesting you bring that up. Uh Uh-oh. When I was in uh, conservatory, when you're in your last kind of semester... Uh, in my last semester, there was this... At AMDA, the American Academy of Musical and Drama something. What does it stand for? American Musical and Dramatic Academy? Oh, that makes more sense. Anyway, there was a... I shared a voice studio with this really nice young kid uh, who then subsequently, after school, who I kind of like... I don't want to say took under my wing, but I was kind of like playing Big Brother to him a little bit. A little bit. Was it Dylan McDermott? Yes. He went on to basically book all the roles out of college that I wanted. So he sort of like became my, I don't want to say arch nemesis, but I guess it fits. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he just got all the stuff I wanted. Uh, Long story. So you just mean like an actor trying to have a career? Yeah, totally, totally. I literally have have nothing personal against him. Um, But I do find out it's just, he just always kind of got, he was always pulling one over on me. It had nothing to do with me. This is just how it goes. But Is he your new dad? No, I'm making it dramatic. I'm going to okay. make a long story short. I find out <laughs> through a series of really weird coincidences that my wife had been in a previous relationship, plenty of them, I'm sure everybody has, and uh, ended up just like, just always talked about this one kind of time that like her ex-boyfriend's friend, uh, like as soon as they broke up, started hitting on her and she's like, to get to get revenge on him, she ended up having a a fling with this guy. Long story short, I'm like, oh, cool. She's telling me this story or whatever. And just as a joke, Keith, as oh, a joke, no. I say, oh, I it's pro- was probably so, so-and-so because he always get, he was like, he probably, you know, had a fling with my wife before I met her too. And she's like, oh my God. No, it was him. <laughs> Keith, it was <laughs> no. him. 
<laughs> like for real, she wasn't just shitting you. No, for real. So, oh, as no. was then, as is now, absolutely lie to me. Hell no, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, lie to me. Yeah, I think that is entirely fair. Please lie to I me. I said to her now, I was like, if you ever have an affair, you have two options. Option one, let me know up front before you do it. Just be like, you know what? We've grown apart. I'm going to have an affair with this guy. Or option two, take it to your goddamn grave. I don't ever, don't let me find out, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because then I need to retain the services of, this has gone a long way, and I'm going to probably have to cut it all, because my wife does listen to this. Sorry, Jen, for airing your entire know. life story. Um, so the answer is lie to me. <laughs> Fair enough. This episode's going to be you five hours her. long. Bobby, she asked me flat out. I had to. Past tense. It's okay. What was her reaction? She's okay with it. Yeah, it happened before her. She's a big girl. It stops sucking her elbows. Hey, are you ready? Yeah, get yeah. some different moves, Bobby. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> That's a great Jimmy like, move. What the fuck? You suck her elbows? <laughs> yes. I knew Wait, so if he heard that, that means that basically he just heard that Lindsay and Bobby were sleeping together also. Yep. So everybody just knows everybody's business. Yep. Everybody that knows was now. the main point for the choking. Yes. Sarah, you don't deny threatening your husband. No, we fought a lot. Uh, we sometimes got violent. Maybe I did threaten him. I know that there were many times that I wished he was dead. Why? Why? It was a volatile relationship. I, I felt controlled by him, abused by him, mostly verbally, sometimes physically. I wanted to get out of the pornography industry. I blamed him for not letting me. Did you love your husband? I suppose I did. Mm, not convincing. But I certainly hated him much more than I loved him. So you you hated him very much. Sarah, did you kill your husband? No, it was an accident. Are you glad that he's dead? Well... Are you glad that he's dead? Well, I'm certainly not glad for all the problems that it's caused me, but... That's Otherwise, the, uh, did we not have a preparation meeting? Yeah, I guess I'm sorry for the consequences maybe of being little. dead. The jury seems unconvinced. Yeah. Whatever you do, you can't blame Lindsay. She wanted to tell you earlier it was why all that stuff happened with Isaacoff and me betraying you over the warrant business, and I convinced her to hold off timing-wise. Helen, it it's nothing that affects us. It's just one of those pieces of history that under the circumstances are better left untold. And it's over? Yes. It's over. It's not There's nothing place. going on between you now. No. When's the last time they hooked up? Well, it depends on which timeline well, you're Well, you certainly know it's possible for him to die in the stunt. Well, I knew it was dangerous, yes. So dangerous you had a safety signal for him to tell you to stop. Yes. But he couldn't give you that. You know, we never discussed in the beginning because there was technical issues. Go figure. Um, it's never happened before. I'm surprised. Never. For the first time. 
the the scene which was depicted which killed this man none of it looked dangerous no he was no, absolutely not choked in any way shape or form he sort of just died well, it, well exactly because the the actual amount of time that she he was being choked was maybe 12 seconds maybe <laughs> like, and he just, it, because like, his mouth died just He's dead. Yeah, had, dead. No questions. In fact, we may be able to just to gif the entire. No, maybe we shouldn't do that. Actually, <laughs> no. Mouth was covered, wasn't it, Miss Catlin? Yes. Now, where in the script did it call for you to put a kerchief over his mouth? It didn't. Ever there are a lot of uh, scripts. Tie a kerchief around films? your there husband's mouth Detailed before? stage directions in the scripts. No. <laughs> so this would be a big coincidence. It's called time improv. It just happens okay. to be the one time you covered his mouth. <laughs> Objection. Sustained. Now, Miss Catlin, you were very honest in admitting that you hated your husband. You were also honest in admitting that you wished him dead on occasion. In the spirit of that unflinching honesty, wasn't it just a little reckless for you to cover his mouth with that kerchief? Objection. Overruled. Miss Catlin, potentially deadly stunt. The only safety net is his mouth. The only way he reckless can save himself, was using you that took as away. The safety, as the safe word. Wasn't yes. that just a little reckless? I suppose or so. Or a lazy invention written and for television. And Miss Catlin, again, honestly, explain a better reason. when you did something this reckless in a stunt that was so high risk to begin with, didn't you increase the chances that something could go wrong? Yes, but I didn't mean for it to go wrong. Yes, but you did now, Keith, I'm not going to get too pointed with this because it's not in the spirit of what we do. Our okay. last podcast was a little more bitchy than this one. Um, but I will say this. When you have a really good actor and a less than really good actor in the same scene playing off one another, it really highlights how not as good the one actor is. Yeah, fair enough. Although I... I I have a question. I wrote down this sort of a question about this character, that it's almost like she's written to be borderline compromised. So I'm not entirely sure it's a bad performance. It's that she's the character is written to be so, uh, let's say, not the brightest bulb, mm-hmm. and very sort of like childlike. That I kind of buy it. I, I, it's a very extreme take writing of it. Like you're sort of writing the stereotype of the dumb porn star, mm-hmm. but she's like borderline compromised in the way that she talks and thinks. Yeah, I mean, also it's the approaches, right? It's it's at best hyperbolic her perform her portrayal. Whereas yeah, he, it's where definitely he, a, a a bold color. Yes. of dumb. Whereas, like, as you mentioned earlier, he's very subdued. So maybe yeah. it's maybe it's sort of the gap, the gulf between the two that is is making me. It's making her seem a little more caricaturish than. Yeah, fair enough. Increase the chances for something to go wrong, didn't you? Yes. You increase the chances he would die, didn't you? I guess I did, but I didn't mean for him to die. A deadly stunt. You hated him. You wished him dead. You increased the chances of his death. He dies. But he's you almost admit, giddy that he's glad getting to, he's dead. Getting, he's getting what he wanted. You knowingly put him at extreme, extreme risk, didn't you? I don't know. You don't know. So then, 
it might be possible that on some unconscious level you did mean for him to die. Isn't that possible? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I... I think you do, Miss Catlin. I think you do. She looks pathetic. You told me to tell the truth. You told us it was an accident. It was. But those questions, yes, I just told the truth. You said, tell the truth, and I did. What happened? What happened is they've got you on murder, Now too. I'm sort of seeing your point a little bit, Keith. Why? Because they don't need specific intent for murder, too. All they need is extreme recklessness, and you just gave it to them. I don't understand. Eleanor, relax. If you were reckless, Her the knowledge of the potential consequences, then that's enough. It's not murder one, but it's murder two. And, um, She's not been playing what's it the penalty cool for that? Life. Manslaughter? It's a conviction. He shot and killed the guy in cold blood. Manslaughter, he gets out in five years, Re maybe less. Rebecca, I have no intention of making a deal. But before I reject Rebecca it, I have Skyler. to be sure you'll hold up. You'll hold up? You're the entire case. If you wobble even slightly, I don't worry about me. Now, he's the one. I saw it. Yeah, Please, don't, don't worry, worry about, about me, me, because if you threaten me, okay. my friends will have you murdered. Literally. Yeah, I can't believe we, we even brought this case back her, into Eleanor. the universe. She's looking at a life sentence because we didn't do our job. No, I didn't do my job. Is that what you mean? I'm not laying it on you. Yeah, but it is on me. I'm the one who prepped her. It was my responsibility to we make sure. We can put her back up there try to rehabilitate. What good is that going to do? She said it under oath. Her version Six of recklessness act? isn't the same as legal recklessness. She has no foundation to give legal conclusions. She hasn't admitted anything legally. Oh, you think the jury's going to make that distinction? Well, you have to make that distinction in your closing. Otherwise... Keith, please tell me someone asks Eleanor what's up her ass. We phoned in, Eleanor. We did what everybody else did. She's just basically a right? porno hooker. I mean, what's really well, at stake? Court we're going to get there. We were sloppy. She's got because some pretty that, hefty episodes sentence. coming up the rest of the season. Voluntary. Two years. Credit for time served. Too late. Murder two. We got it. We'll keep it. You may not have it. We still have grounds on appeal, that unfair surprise. My office doesn't care about the appeal right now. All they want the verdict. All right, Ed, come on, tell me. What's up? How many murder trials you guys win lately? The upcoming profile in Boston Magazine, you don't think there's an awareness about that in my office? And with these cops getting killed by your heroin client? How about the, like, awesome documentary we starred in? Right? Clients after Bobby tipped them off, off the record? Yeah, you and me. The DA's office has a slight agenda against your firm. Every client you represent has the added disadvantage that from our side, we'll be trying a little harder. Fair. Absolutely you keep fair. killing everyone. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, a matter, as I'm happy to hear, to be honest. Does Helen Gamble know about this? It's not an official policy, but any DA who pulls one of your cases... He or she gets a little visit, a personal visit from Scott Hamburg. No favors, no deals. Ooh, Scott yes, it does. But I got to tell you, Elle, from where I sit, your girl knew what she was doing. She took care of a situation. I have no problem putting her away. Forever. 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 There's something more. Something more there. 
Do you want her to get over the black and stun? Excuse me? You say you're for Helen and me, but ever since we got together, I've been picking up. Oh my god. This is the third third just don't care. I hate to say what it. Are you accusing I don't me care of? which of them not Bobby's accusing you of anything. I'm just wondering. Well, you're wondering wrong. She's one of my best friends. I just chose not to lie to her. There was no other motive than that. Except you like those elbows, sucky suck. Fine. Ew. Fine. Suckled. Ew. I have to get to court. I had a friend who used to say that elbows were just leftover scrotum skin. They kind of are. I know, which makes the suckling even grosser. Ugh. Thanks for that. This is what you get here on the Out of Practice podcast. Uh, just something to think about. So the manslaughter deal, that's off? Well, you could say that. Sarah, you basically gave him murder two on the stand. I'm going to give it my best shot, but right now beating murder one could be the best we could do. Well, maybe it's right. I beg your pardon? Maybe I did mean to kill him. I thought all night about those questions he asked me. The district attorney? It's all true. I knew it was dangerous, covering his mouth. I wanted him dead. I, what if maybe part of me did do it on purpose, Eleanor? Okay, you know what? We're not going to argue that. Keith, this brings me up to a public service announcement. Oh, let's hear it. Sometimes you're better off just doing missionary. I, I have nothing to say to that. I don't want to even... I, I'm pretending that didn't happen. Look, it's better butt stuff than strangled. Okay? That's all I'm saying. Can we get t-shirts made that say out of practice podcast? <laughs> it's, be- <laughs> it's better... It's better butt stuff than strangled? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you know... Hold on, you have to pay for that. <laughs> we don't have much stuff. We don't know that thing. Uh, you don't know our angle, but it's better butt stuff than strangled. I'm sorry, America. That's going to be on the internet. You got any ideas? Well, don't recall her to the stand. She suddenly wonders whether she did it on purpose or not. She takes that whole truce to help you God part a little too seriously. She should probably keep her out of the room. Maybe I'll take another stab at a plea. And I'll see if the... What? What you just said. Eleanor had an epiphany. Now she wonders whether she did it on it purpose is. or not. And that also help you God part. That's it. That's what? That's our closing. What are you talking about? Oh, shit. Well, could it be true? Could it be? All I can say is I've never gotten any mandate. You haven't had any cases against us. They know you're sleeping with me. Bobby, let's face it. That doesn't make me special. Your firm has pissed this office off. That Joey Herrick case She's made you sitting on his lap. I know this, this is getting when just out of control. Got killed. For me, as far as my office goes, I'm sleeping with the enemy. The day I stop winning my cases, I'm gone. Because of me. Because of you. Little common sense here, folks. She wanted him dead. She stood to inherit everything if he died. She threatened to kill him in a dangerous sex scene. These aren't just things we put into evidence. These are things she flat out admits. Sarah Catlin told you all this. You don't want to believe me? Believe her. Of course she intended to kill him. 
And even if you should somehow want to resist that conclusion, you simply cannot escape her guilt for murder in the second degree. For murder, too, all she need have is an awareness of an unjustifiably high risk to human life. And she basically admitted that, too, didn't she? Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't want to believe me... So let's guess the close here. Are they going to... She said something about being in the room. So is... Is uh, Eleanor's close going to be that if you hold her accountable, then you have to say everybody from the cameraman to the director to blah, 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 blah is also accountable because they were in the room? Interesting. We'll find out. Believe her. And you know what that means. It's closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise, your client's dead. Closing time. For the defense, Eleanor. Well, it would be easy to dismiss her, wouldn't it? Porno queen. We all saw what she does for a living. And whatever character traits you want to attach to her, integrity really isn't the first one that comes to mind. Not that this is at all relevant, but when I watched the footage, I was disgusted. Why? Every defendant gets his or her day in court, and as her lawyer, it is my job to present her side of the story. And since we came in today armed only with her word, well, what could her word be worth? Turns out, quite a bit. So much so that the prosecutor just stood before you and asked you to believe her believe her and the reason he made that argument is because of all the things that jumped out during this trial the most conspicuous was her truthfulness she didn't hide a damn thing she got up on that witness chair and to her own detriment she told the truth admitted she hated her husband admitted she wanted him dead even admitted that she was glad when he died now nobody not me not him, and I suspect not even you, ever expected that much truth from her. But what did she say when asked whether or not she intended to kill her husband? She said no. And when asked, was she so reckless that she should have foreseen that he might die? She did not admit that. She said, I don't know. That was honest. She didn't know. That is reasonable doubt, ladies and gentlemen. She didn't know. Literally, quite literally. And her doubt <laughs> yeah. is also your doubt, if you take her at her word. So I'm going to ask you to go back into that room, and her. I'm going to make the <laughs> same request that he just made. If you don't believe me, please believe her. There she goes again. There she goes. Is that Carol Burnett? No. <laughs> Fade to black. How long have they been out? Oh, Eugene, welcome for Six welcome hours to the episode. Now. They'll suspend at 7 o'clock and then resume tomorrow. You still got a shot? Eleanor was strong. Can I talk to you, saying? Fan. Little fan. Another fan. Another fan. Yeah, so hot in their office. Well, it's almost as if they're in Los Angeles. 
I've been yeah. thinking about your little accusation. Ah, uh, I'm sorry about that. I didn't tell her about us with any motive to break you up, and I do think you make a great couple. But... But I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss you. Well played. I'd be lying if I said my basement wasn't flooded. Ew. Is this... I'm unsubscribing from our own podcast. I don't think so. I hope not. Lots of honesty here. I miss the sex. I miss being held by That's you. direct. Ah! I miss you. I work with you every day. Hey, Lindsay, jury's back. Already? Yeah, let's go. Has there been a single time this entire series where the jury comes back and they're not like, already? Or like in the midst of a big sexual conversation? The jury is jury's always back. early on the premise. And I've heard from quite a few sources that so is Bobby. You, you get See nothing ya. for that. See ya, she said. See ya. We're having a moment of silence to watch the jury come in. It really, that took a long time. It did. You don't realize it's dead air because you're when you're watching on television you can see things, but for us it's like just dead air for like 45 minutes. Madam Forpers. You know, we never give any shout-outs to the bailiff. The jury has reached its unanimous do. verdict. We have, Your Honor. Unanimous verdict. What say you, Madam Forperson? Commonwealth versus Catlin. On the charge of murder in the first degree, we Meta. find the defendant, Sarah Catlin, not guilty. Not guilty. <gasps> not the guilty. Of murder doing like a in the Kennedy. second degree, we find the defendant, Sarah Catlin, not guilty. Not guilty. <laughs> we won! A lot of time with her coach. Woo! We did it! Yay! <laughs> Keith, you know what position is her favorite? I, I Hold on, I'm queuing up booze. All right, go ahead. Any position she wants because she's free. She's free! She's free! Uh. Back at the office late at night. Another client's off for murder, but I imagine the most important thing we're going to weigh at the end of this episode has something to do with Bobby's sex life. Bobby's magic dick. Lindsay's on the floor with her shoes off. Oh. Second episode in a row, we've had somebody sitting on the floor in the office late at night. Are you not? Just sitting. What are you doing? I actually had a date tonight. I just came That's back. That's why I wasn't in this case. episode. How'd it go? <laughs> Terrible. She asked me what I did for a living. And you told? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What's going on? I think I've been here too long already. Uh-oh. We had a client who was innocent. Well, at least more innocent than guilty, and we were completely unprepared for it. I looked at her like an alien. Innocent. What's that? And it almost cost her. 
Have you ever had an innocent one, Eugene? Hmm. I actually like these little epilogue segments. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's... Especially when it's connected to the case itself. Yeah. And what the uh, show is about. I'd have to check. <laughs> when it's like Bobby says, everyone's in a great, great while you get one. And that's why we do this, remember? I guess. I don't know. I'm afraid if I do this too long, I'll lose complete perspective. It's better since I dropped the drug dealers, but still. Did you know I've slept with Bobby? Gee, okay. I had a feeling we were going to hear about that. Last it was a while don't back. Care. That's just between us. Your little party favor for walking in here tonight. Literally everybody else knows already. I lost perspective. Did sleeping with him make me lose perspective? Was I meant to be a criminal lawyer? Or was I just meant to sleep with one? I knew everything I was oh, and wanted to be sakes. when I graduated from law school. I really did. And now, <laughs> I know nothing. Okay. Uh, you, you literally Bobby's haven't dick. lost a case yet. I mean, yeah. this this crisis of conscience is because you fucked Bobby? And uh, what you don't know, um, it's about Bobby? I fucked him too. Not so much Bobby. I mean... I know what that was or wasn't. How, my Eugene impression was pretty good there. That was that was good. I'm, <laughs> I'm not touching it with a ten foot pole. Everything. Speaking of ten foot poles. Oh God. I feel like being in this kind of work. I don't know who oh. I am anymore when it comes to everything. Oh, welcome to the club. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's your wisdom. <laughs> welcome to the club. <laughs> Lindsay, in our line of work... He's so good. It isn't too good to be part Yeah, he is. You got an innocent client off today. Enjoy it. Savor it, even. Man, really long beat, fade to black. There it is. I like it. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Would we just start the next episode? Yeah, sorry. I got really, so, I was excited so excited. About it. Oof. Okay. Well, look, we've got ourselves through season two, episode 18. I was, I, I paused there for a second because I, there's a piece of equipment behind Eugene's head and I was trying to look up the model number and figure out what it was because Lord knows it was probably some sort of a TV equipment thing. Yeah. Uh, I'll look it up later. We'll talk about it next episode. But we need to finish talking about this episode. This was a long Which, one, Keith. It took a long time. I thought for, was a couple times I thought I was going to finish the episode early, but I just thought about my grandma nude or something. You are. This has really been an episode for you, Dex. I have to say, you have been firing on a lot of cylinders. <laughs> I just. I told myself in the beginning I was not going to make sex puns at all. And then at some point I changed it and decided I was going to make as many as humanly possible. And we're all uncomfortable for it. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad I could do that service for my friends. Oh, great. Yes. Uh, so can we please, for the love of God, talk about who is the... Well, once again, we got a woman off two charges of murder, murder one, murder two, and we have to thank Eleanor and Lindsay for that. Although Lindsay, as she stated there in her little epilogue with Eugene, 
was pretty lost as to how to do it. The epiphany yeah. was had by Eleanor. The clothes was made by Eleanor. And by all intents and purposes, even though she was the most disgusted and had the worst bedside manner, I think my vote for most valuable lawyer in this particular episode will go to Eleanor. Yeah. But you said, congratulations, Eleanor, on your oopsie. Welcome back into the courtroom. We're very happy to have you there. Yes. Good job. So that brings us up to... Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Watch first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Okay, who's your best guest? I know who your best guest isn't. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Richard Mazur. Mazur, Mazur. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Mazur. It sounds classier. Okay, but I'll let you make the case. Yeah, well, the case. I mean, very clearly, he came in and did a really good job. Um, in a very, he has a lot of uh, the storytelling to do. He has to hold up that whole side of the case, but he did it in a very unassuming understated and yet very lived in performance there's a lot of physicality to him that feels lived in the whole glasses thing like it felt like a real person and uh that's what a good actor does he created like a long history with between the offices between eleanor it was he just created a universe yeah so congratulations richard mauser on your first and probably last oopsie for ties that bind which brings us to you killed your podiatrist or blew the case But you let a single tear run down your face You're the best actor on the show uh, This one will be interesting. Who do you have? Well, I'm going to go with who I think got the opportunity to play more colors this episode. Mm-hmm. And as far as colors of the rainbow, Keith, I'm going to put cast my vote. Take your time looking up the name of the actress or actor. <laughs> no, I'm really thinking. Because is it dark hair? Is it a? Uh, is it Bobby McDonald? Well, what's wrong with Bobby McDonald? No, That's not his name. Um, I think that the most colors would have to be by Lindsay. So I do have to think about her, Kelly. Kelly Williams. Kelly Williams, yes. Uh, I feel like she got to play a wide variety of moments here, from uh, litigation to uh, confusion to... Love-tigation. Love-tigation. Plus, but I thought her moment with Bobby in the end, even though it was like, you know, an, another eye-roll situation, was really honest and sincere. The whole last beat with with... Eugene, I thought was really powerful. So I think uh, I need to get back to my homegirl. I'm a fan from way back in episode one and give it to Kelly Williams for her portrayal of Lindsay Dole in this episode. Yeah, you know, I I agree. It wasn't really a showy episode no. for any of our main cast. Um, so it, I, I think your, your criteria is right. She had the most colors to play. She had the most to do, so yeah, and she did it, and she she wasn't asked to do a lot, but what she was asked to do, she did very well. So, congratulations, Kelly Williams, for your oopsie. It's been a while. It's been a while. It has been a while. Well, I mean, because the 
this season, this like third of the season has been very Jimmy centric. Mm-hmm. And, and so he's finally got getting a break and we're getting a chance to see some of the other actors, uh, which is nice. Keith, and now, before, yeah. before we proceed, I do think what I would like to do moving forward, if we can plant this seed, is when we get to the end of the season, okay, we should tally the oopsies and uh, award a, a season oopsie. We should have season oopsies. You mean like we did after the first season? Yeah, that was a long time ago. Feels like it feels like so long ago. <laughs> you forgot that we already did that. Yeah, th- I mean, I-, I think you forgot about it because nobody listens to that episode. Mm. It's actually interesting. I I expected that our listenership would be really consistent. Mm-hmm. That if you listen to one, you sort of like you like what we're doing or you don't like what we're doing, and so the there would be like a tail off. People would be curious, and then you know people would stick with it. But actually, it seems like. A lot of people are dropping in on their favorite episodes. Yeah, I've noticed that. Which is interesting. So we have a um, part four. Lindsay's uh, big episode is, is a is a big one. The first episode of season two was a big one. So it, it's interesting. So uh, I guess in, in a, if, it does make sense because fans of the show are probably the ones seeking this out to begin with. So they've got their faves, right? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, if I'm listening to a Star Trek podcast... I might dip into Best of Both Worlds or Yesterday's Enterprise to see what they do with it. But I think in a lot of cases, the most fun episodes are the bad ones, not the good ones yeah, in good terms point. of the podcast. So, you know, there's, anyway. there's, been, there's been discussion about uh, trying to somehow sync or make available this, the podcast in conjunction with the episode visually, which I, is something that I think we're going to... Well, we'll peek into. I don't know if it's something we can do, but... Um, I had a point. Being able to watch the episode as we're watching it. Yeah. Starting and stopping. Yeah. Well, we've got to talk to my lawyer, yeah. but we'll, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> what a thing to have to say on a crime podcast. Not crime. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sadly, yes, I do have a lawyer, <clears throat> but I have never, I have never been sued. Damn you, I, Angela I, Lansbury. Uh, no, that was a cease and desist, hmm. but I've been threatened to be sued, but nobody's actually ever pulled by multiple people. God, it's tough to be a writer in this business. But no one has pulled the trigger. Hooray for me. Anyway, let's talk about... Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Okay, we've finally gotten there. Ties that bind. How many tires have been tied up? Well, Keith, I'm going to flip the script here. I always start, so I'm going to toss to you to begin. Okay, fair enough. I... This is a frustrating episode for me because I liked the concept of it. The accident that takes place while filming is an interesting angle. Um, you know, the porn angle is always exciting, but I they're just pieces of it that feel underwritten to me, that feel like the writer's room should have spent another half hour coming up with particularly for me what sticks in my craw is the safe word the pursing of the lips as the safety gesture i understand why they had to do that because they needed to have some some sort of action that escalated to the point where it looked like she was intentionally trying to kill him by cutting off the safety things so covering his mouth his mouth was the thing but the pursing of the lips it just feels it feels like that was the first idea you put on the whiteboard and then take another 20 minutes and come up with a more plausible 
uh, more compelling uh, reason for that. On top of that, you know, the whole who's sleeping with Bobby, this isn't necessarily a good or bad. It's just a taste thing. Like, it, it, this is just not the show that I care about that. You know, if, if I if I want to know who's sleeping with who, like, I'll watch Grey's Anatomy. And which I do, I, I, you know, it is a guilty pleasure. It's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But in, in this case, I just don't find it as compelling as the rest of the series. Plus, as you very deftly pointed out, like these two high powered women talking about boys, it's just time to move on from that. So all in all, I give this episode six, six spare tires. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you mentioned a pretty big point there. It's, Sometimes I, I wonder if we run the risk of being sounding prude in our own way. It, once again, I have no problem with salacious, right? I, 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 we talked about porn for the first 20 minutes of this episode. It's, it's, I'm cool with in it. In way more detail than we should have. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm not a prude in any way, shape, or form. I like guilty pleasures. I, I watch Big Brother, for Christ's sake. I like to see who's sleeping with who, who the showmances are, things like that. But what I found is that when done well on this show, there are some really interesting character beats that we visited. I mean, I'm thinking back to one of the early episodes where we find out some we some questions about Rebecca's past are raised. Like, did she have a miscarriage? Right, right. Did she have, you know, uh, an abortion? Uh, some of the other relationships, even Jimmy and his mom, that sort of relationship, there are some interesting character things we've explored. But yeah. Instead of going into depth, or Eugene, anything about Eugene, really. Right. Instead of going down these different corridors, we just keep coming back to who's Bobby screwing. And I, and don't get me wrong, I also understand that moonlighting, the will, uh, Ross and Rachel, the will they won't they, that they're clearly establishing with Lindsay and Bobby, is, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, is interesting. But Well, and from the practical standpoint, they were struggling in ratings, you have these hot people fucking, it gets ratings. Right. I get it. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think either of us is saying, like, why would they put that in the show? The issue is that time and the way it's written often, for me at least, brings it to the, a universe of camp almost. It's just kind of a little campy. Yeah. And so it's not as it's just not as interesting to me as, as some of the other stuff we've got to. Um, yeah. And I, and I think it continues um, just... The series writing for the male characters are just continually better than the writing for the female characters. Now, that said, I like that they are still exploring different interrelationships. Like, we got a lot more Lindsay-Eleanor than we usually get, which I thought was kind of cool. I don't know that I particularly like the buddy cop thing they got going, but at least they're trying something with that. This it's called Tic Tac commercials. Yeah, this last moment with Eugene and her is pretty, and Lu Eugene and Lindsay is pretty interesting, and I hope that that maybe we can see more about their friendship. That seems like a pretty genuine friendship. They gave yep, Jimmy the totally. episode off, but that all said, I thought that the reemergence of the uh, Rebecca case seemed sort of shoehorned in. We should have just stuck with the A case. The A case itself wasn't particularly interesting or well-written. Uh, I would be a little more generous in saying 6.5 spare tires, but still that only gives nets us 6.25 tires. So it's not, it's, not a high, it's not a high one. Okay. Well, there we go. We have talked our way through 
a very long for us episode of the Out of Practice Podcast. You know what we forgot to do? Pimp all of our contact info. You can reach us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice. We also are on Blogger at blogspot.outofpractice.com where you can check out more information and see images from each of these episodes as well as a definitive ranking as of by us each episode of the practice we've seen so far well keith i can't wait till next week when we can discuss episode 19 the trial which i can only hope will bring to a conclusion of this weird Lindsay saw somebody get not Lindsay, rebecca saw somebody get murdered thing well you know i can tell you this i think it might be in a trial this is the kind of riveting information you get <laughs> from the out of practice podcast this episode has been a trial <laughs> something tells me we are so so guilty yes all right kids go down to your basement pull up the carpet and have a nice afternoon uh xxx laser sounds laser sounds What is Wisdom of One? Wisdom of One is the story of me, the brave and powerful hero Skankross 7 and counting. Wisdom of One? There's like all these crazy adventures that we go on. It always has something new. <laughs> this podcast has many, many personality disorders in evidence. See if you can spot them all. The one telling the story is shockingly repressed. Yet another Dungeons and Dragons comedy podcast. Interrupted by long stretches of grunting from Dagon and pointless NPC nonsense you should skip through. Sometimes it's just more fun than real life, I guess. So find us on your podcatcher of choice. Give us a listen, rate, and review us. We need your help there for sure. Wisdom of one. Failure is a way of life. Charisma of 20.